Yesterday, a wizard entered New York with a case. A case full of magical creatures. And unfortunately, some have escaped. Don't panic, but there's absolutely nothing to worry about. I want to be a wizard. Hello and welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Marina Gorski. And I'm Mick Jordan. And today we will be talking about uh, J.K. Rowling's new, well it's not her film, but it's about her book. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Steal Them, Buy Them and Find Them. Um, Yeah. So, I don't know what to say about this, so I don't know how to start talking about it. So, I'm going to pass it on to you, Mick. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Please. Well, I will say that I went to see it in Savoy 2 and was devastated. Right. Explain why. Because Expand Savoy on that 2 answer. has been changed. Oh, that's why you were yes, devastated. Yes, it was so heartbreaking. Because Savoy 2 was always a very big screen. And now they've reduced it, turned it into three screens. So Savoy 2 itself is just a small little cineplex screen like any of the others. First world so problems. It was very sad. First yeah, world problems, very much. These are the things that affect Mick's life. Keep me up at night, <laughs> yeah. yes. But as for the film, mm. uh, it was good. Okay. It was pretty much what I expected. I enjoyed it. It was pleasant, but it wasn't mind-blowing or extraordinary. I mean, I wouldn't be bothered about seeing any more. I would probably go and see them when they come out, but I'm not going to be counting down the days. It wasn't a case I came out, oh, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Or even I want to see that one again. Well, that was it, I think, for me. Like, I really liked it, to be honest. I really, yeah. really loved it um, because it was entertaining. But... I, I do have loads of notes here that can be taken as negative as well <laughs> because I did find, like, comparing to Harry Potter, I, don't, I was expecting a bit more. Well, are you a big Harry Potter fan? I wouldn't say big Harry Potter fan, not as much as I am of Star Wars. Uh, I do feel that um, given what Harry Potter was where I did, I was waiting eagerly for the next one. Okay. This one, like you, I'm not really fussed about going to see the next one like if it does come out yeah sure yeah. but if it's there's something better on I'd go see something else you know what I mean well that's, what, that's which is much the way I felt about this one before oh, right. going in okay. I mean when I knew it was coming I was saying oh that looks interesting but that's it like I was but as I said I was never a huge Harry Potter fan I liked them you read the books I, mean, I read the books as yeah. well it was basically I saw the first the first one when it came out didn't think much of it but that was because of the same year as Fellowship of the Ring Right, yeah, just big compare. mistake. Yeah, yeah you just mistake. go, what the hell is this? It's just like silly children's stuff. And then, so I didn't bother with it. But at the time when the people I was working with were all mad Harry Potter fans, I with regard to the books. And I felt I was missing out on the excitement of a new book coming out. So I decided to read the, book, read the books and really enjoyed the books. And as a result, started watching the films again. And then liked them, admired them, um, and enjoyed, would look forward to, to a certain extent, not very eagerly but but still like seeing them coming out and then when this one came out again less so if it was another Harry Potter film I would probably be more excited about yeah, the concept exactly, yeah. than this but yeah I felt okay. that as as well like one very of, lukewarm here yeah, one of one of the things I felt was why New York was it just so it could be different and maybe appeal to more people I'd say yeah for an American audience yeah but still I felt like it's just another film that's 
main focus is let's destroy the city of New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <coughs> if it was another place in the US, I think I think it'd be I don't know, maybe more interesting. Like I I don't know, it's always it's always New York. You yes. know what I mean? If it's well, in Europe, it's so London. Many... If it's America, it's New York. Well, particularly with New York and the fact that it's set in 1926, I think it is, is that there are distinctive landmarks to destroy. Yeah. And the whole fact that that's where people arrived yeah. in America first was yeah. at Ellis Island, New York. Um, another thing I wanted to say was it, I, it felt as well like this was just a huge setup for the rest it didn't feel like it was supposed to be exciting like the first Harry Potter film which okay. had a story in itself and was very very exciting you were getting to know the character and all that but yet like it felt like you already knew them this one it felt it, it was just really laying the ground it, it was kind of mm. it felt like the Hobbit for me oh like God. it was just one part of loads yeah, yeah no but I mean it, it felt like it was just one part of loads of movies coming so you know what I mean yeah yeah up a franchise. yeah but like The Hobbit was one story divided in three. And this is how I feel about this. I feel like it's one story that's going to be divided in the, these six films. Mm-hmm. When Harry Potter was like watching him grow and it was a story in each film. It was it, uh, it was stages in his life. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Um, I just felt it was weird. And the way they set up, like they just threw bits of information randomly there that you would see later on in, in Harry Potter and that you could... Like, Remember. L- yeah, like Lestrange, was it Lestrange, Lestrange, one of the characters that's in Harry Potter later on, um, that your man is in love with and all that. It just randomly appeared in the middle of the film. Like, oh, yeah. this woman. Who is this woman? And you're kind of like, Ooh. I don't know. I, I felt like if she but I is. I like that. Well, I actually like those references. But now they're no, I like references, there. but mm-hmm. I thought they were randomly there just to say, we're going to mention this in the next few films. Oh, and they I weren't see. like, subtly put into it there where in the next few films you're like oh, right they mentioned that you know what I mean it's just like oh, yeah. oh, right, it's they're there. laying the groundwork too obviously yeah yeah. well I would say on that what I liked about like the concept of it is that the book Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a guidebook for all students of Hogwarts and J.K. Rowling actually did write a book of it for comic relief years ago. But it's a guidebook to it is literally fantastic piece where to find. This is just so this film is not based on that book. Yeah. They just um, put a story then to the To the yeah. how he wrote the book. Like yeah. the the official author of the book is the Eddie Redmayne character, Newt something or other, I can't remember his name. So this is his adventures of that. Um, and I like that idea, like it's effectively the prehistory of Harry Potter. So I like seeing the evolution of things like yeah. down the road, we're going to see Dumbledore appear uh, as a young man and how his character be. So that will be interesting. But I do think yeah, it's like they're planning about five films. It's going to be very You're going to see him as a younger man because oh, he's yeah. mentioned in the film and it, it seems like he's already... Well, he's a teacher. The master. He's not. He's not yeah, head of Hogwarts. Okay, but he's he's, he already teacher. sounds like a very, very important person. The way they yeah. speak of about him, you know. So I like to me in the film it you because know, I haven't read this book now, and I'm mm. actually interested in reading it. But that's what I'm saying. The book. There, well, there is a book now, but the book is based on the film. Yeah. The film is not based on the original book because the original book was just a guidebook to. I know. The yeah. No. Yeah. I, but I mean, I'd still want to see how she did this one. Yeah. Compared to Harry Potter and all that stuff. Because uh, to be honest, it just seemed like it was um, like uh, Albus Dumbledore was just uh, like he was already things were already happening 
in London and already happening in Hogwarts yeah. when this was happening. It doesn't seem like a prequel. It seems like at the same time. Kind of because right. it seems like he, I don't know how to explain this. It just seemed like Albus Dumbledore was already there and he was the master and he already knew a lot. He was already up in Yeah, I know the, what you're saying. Like it, it would be in, it would be governing the school. Governing yeah. Home. Well, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think he is a teacher in okay. Hogwarts. I don't I don't think there's anything about him as headmaster. And the only person who really refers to him is I can't remember his name. It's the character that Colin Farrell was playing. No, but I think the woman in the minister there Did she mention also mention well? him because I think she asks something to Eddie Redmayne that has to do with with Dumbledore. Uh, with Dumbledore. Well, he could be a respected senior teacher, but I mean, this is supposed to be like eighty years, seventy years before Harry Potter. So unless those wizards age very slowly. Which yeah. could be the case. I don't know. I mean, he but he, I, he is obviously going to feature because they're just setting it up, as you said, for a lot of future characters, whatever. But as a self-contained film, I still found it entertaining. I mean, it, oh, there it is, is, yeah, there is yeah, definitely. a story yeah. of sorts. Um, what I don't like, but that's just me, is I'm not interested in all these little creatures. In anything like that, Star yeah. Trek, Star Wars, or anything, when they have all these strange aliens, you go, Ugh. And it was always a particular bug for me in Star Trek because Star Trek, every single alien species you ever encountered was basically human with a different head. <laughs> right, so all yeah. all these different strange Klingons, Cardassians and so on. Kardashians. I can't remember what they were called in there because I got confused with the... Actual people, yes. yes. <laughs> but um, Klingons, Vulcans, Romulans and all this, but they were all... Basically, just had strange faces, and that was it. Human mutations, kind of thing. Yeah, and then Star Wars is similar enough. Star Wars had really bizarre, odd creatures at all these um, galaxy conferences or something that, particularly in things like Phantom Menace, and just go, I just can't take these people seriously. Which brings me to what I actually want to say as well: Fantastic Beasts were they fantastic? I no, don't think really so. Yeah, no. I thought she it was a bit less creative than the Harry Potter. That's my point. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't like, none of them appeal to me. Yeah, it just seemed one of the one of my notes is one of the creatures looked like a IKEA bathroom mat, the one with the little <laughs> hairs coming out, like the little squiggly. Like yeah. it just looked like one of those mats you put on the bathroom. Yes, yeah, so I, I I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> In both cases, the mat and the creature. And yeah, I remember seeing that creature as well. I said, yeah, not really interesting. Yeah, it There's just looks, nothing. it really looks to me like they just got normal animals and they just added mixed, features. Yeah, yeah. mixed it with something. Like the one that steals stuff. Yeah. He just looks to me like one of those uh, uh, animal um, water mammals. What's the name of that? Ornito. Ornito. Uh, huh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the the oh my god, this is gonna sound really ignorant of me. But the duck that's also a mammal in the in the water. He lays eggs. No, he doesn't yeah. lay his eggs. I, I don't know. Otter. No. Seal. No. Platypus. Or yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not recognizing platypus from your description. Is just that that creature reminded me of a platypus as well. Yeah. So I was waiting for you to go through the motions of all the different animals: shark, whale, <laughs> seahorse. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot to see what you come up with. Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, yeah. It, they all it's looked like, and I thought she would concentrate much more on the beasts mm-hmm. because the story Giving was, the yeah, the story just really revolved around uh, running away, trying to get one of them. 
but like it didn't yeah. concentrate on their features and all that like it had one moment of the film where you go into their world and you know and all that but it's really just about Eddie Redmayne being clumsy and yes. quirky and all that and to be honest I don't know how they're going to keep that up is being clumsy that way interesting to an audience or does it just look slapstick E. Well, how did did it react? Like, I didn't mind. I mean, it was amusing at times. It's just, you kept watching, how is he going to recover from this disaster? Now, a lot of it was he just effectively turned time back or obliviated people, which means wiping their memory. Yeah. So it's a cop out on that regard. But I didn't mind, because I like Eddie Redmayne. I think he's a good actor and he's good in these things. And actually, to be honest, one of the main reasons wasn't even Eddie Redmayne and his beasts it was the fact that there was something already out there oh the obscura yeah or whatever it was yeah so it was like it was two different would you say even two different plots because it was Eddie Redmayne in his little suitcase and his beasts or whatever that arrives in New York Mm -hmm. and I didn't get if he was searching for the obscura I don't think he was or he wasn't he was the whole like this was it took a while before you realized why he was even there yeah um, and then it was just read he was smuggling something or trying to get something back to America. So one of these fabulous, fantastic creatures. And it's not even a plot. Like, that's just his reason for being there. Yeah. And then as a result of his being there, all these things happen. And I mean, at this stage, halfway through, and we've been damning it with vain praise, the whole thing. Yeah. I still would. I mean, I would recommend it certainly to fans of Harry Potter. I think to fans of fantasy, it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. It's done well. It's pleasant. It's just there is a feeling of, and I don't believe this is true, but it does feel like a cash in. It doesn't feel like there's any heart in it the way you expect. And particularly with someone like J.K. Rowling, she certainly doesn't need the money. She doesn't want it because she has recently given away huge sums of money just to reduce her status from being a billionaire. So she is, and that the original book, Fantastic Beasts, she wrote specifically for children in need. So absolutely none of it went to her. It was all to charity. So it's not a case of, they're desperate now. The film film studios, I'm sure, are trying to cash in on the thing, but they don't. She could yeah, stop that. Yeah. So I don't think. I think she genuinely is enthused about it and has ideas for it. So it could get better as it goes yeah, along. I but hope, it. I hope it does because, like Harry Potter films, I could literally have a day where I just watch all of them and it's just okay. great and I love it. I don't think I'll be able to watch this film again. No, I wouldn't be like, bothered on yeah, that. I'm not really interested in it because, one, it just seems like it's the whole let's destroy New York thing yeah. and then pretend nothing happens. And then, then like, the next thing is it's just it's just an action movie to me that is kind of fantasy. Like, to me, honestly, you can compare it to Doctor Strange. Which I haven't seen yet. But, like, because it's all spiritual and it has these whole crazy magical things happening at the same time yes and then half of New York I think is like it's just it's it's weird and that people won't understand as well that world and it's just it's just a play on that with muggles and witches and then the same thing in Doctor Strange with superheroes and normal people and okay the city being destroyed and it's New York and all that crap so it's just that's what it seems to me I wouldn't watch it again and right well I would say I know I would certainly wouldn't watch it again. I mean, probably about another five years if it turns up on television, I might. Yeah, um, but as I a background, to yeah. be honest, like as you're washing dishes or something. Yeah. Start, like, as you're washing dishes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way to watch a film, not look at it. No, but, but I mean, as a, as a... Yeah, while you're checking your phone. Oh, here we <laughs> or laptop go. Or Sorry, it's a generational thing here coming to the fore. 
I will say, what did you think of the portrayal of New York in the 1920s? Did it feel period uh, to you? I didn't even pay attention to that. Yeah. And you see, I wasn't. That was what appeals to me. I love that sort of thing. Yeah. I period. Of yeah. Oh, same. Um, I'd, I'd love to. I love seeing that kind of. Yeah. That didn't come across yeah. to me at all. I mean, it was first of all, it's clearly a sort of a fantasy world element anyway, but it's still meant to be the reality of 1930s New York or 1920s is doing it. Yeah. didn't feel that at all and I think the reason for that is because it looked perfect that's probably why it was too perfect yeah. I think it's CGI and it's the first time I've really been aware of how CGI is just soulless because there's a film from the 80s called Once Upon a Time in America which has seen set in the 1920s have you seen it or have you seen clips I think I've seen it I've, is, is it is that the it's four hours long with Robert Who's De Niro it? oh right then no Okay. Well, it's set. I keep getting confused with another film. Okay. Well, it's it's set in. Well, it's set in the sixties. It's set in the thirties and set in the twenties. It keeps jumping back between yeah. the three. But the scenes set in the nineteen twenties are really authentic. Like, I mean, you really feel when I was watching now, again when I saw, it, but I saw it recently when I'm watching it, I really feel like it's filmed at the time. It really mm. feels this is the real yeah. McCoy. Don't feel that in this film at all. And this obviously has a much higher budget. It's thirty years later. They can really go to town and and it just feels artificial and it wasn't it was only until afterwards that I realised it's because it's CGI it didn't feel like CGI but it must be because it's CGI yeah, that they're getting yeah. that, that feeling across Yeah. so and because of that you didn't have the whole Harry Potter feel to it that it was magical that it was all this it was just too uh, it's well, too I, about too much about the action and effects rather yeah. than and they're all very good but we're, yeah. not, we're not impressed by them anymore I mm. think that's it we've just become too used to it like even when um, there's one scene where Eddie Redmayne flicks his wand and himself and the fat guy, I've forgotten, but the two of them just disappear and it's just a spiral and they disappear. That was good. Yeah. And because and it's a good it's not that it's even that it's a very good special effect. It's a good idea. Yeah. And that's the problem. There are so many very good visual effects here that aren't inspired or original. It's when they do it well with a good idea like that. Yeah. That it makes, and the whole thing the about effect. the suitcase as well. I love the fact that they can go into the suitcase. That was good. Yeah. That was it. Because that's, that, that's, that's very Harry Potter. And that's very Harry Potter-ish. Because exactly. these weird things that, you know, like, and it's all, I don't know. It's creative just, ideas. Yeah, exactly. And I just don't feel that that really happened there. And what I was going to say really quickly is, what did you think of Ezra Miller as the dark kid? It's hard to say because... He was just as you find out he's significant, he's suddenly yeah. revealed too much and then it's all over and done with. It's it was too rushed. Yeah. That was what I felt about him. I think if he's in the next few films, I would watch it because I think he's super he's a superb actor. You need mm. to see we need to talk about Kevin. Oh he's oh he's the guy. He's, he's the Kevin kid, he's that. Kevin. And <laughs> I he can well is, believe it, Kevin. And this, this and this is what I said to Mr. Marina Gorski, which everyone knows who he is now. No one's listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> First time listeners are going, who was? He, I said to Mr. Meagors, I said, he was so brilliant and we need to talk about Kevin and this is kind of the same darkness in that character. Right. Like it's the same darkness in Kevin is in this film. Like that face, the whole, like he really knows how to use his features yeah. to um, bring the darkness out in, the, in his character and I thought he was just absolutely fantastic and unreal and I loved him to bits he was my favourite in this movie okay because he really portrayed his character really well and I think he's a very good actor for darkness and stuff like okay. characters that are just really really dark and I just wanted to say that that now right. 
Well, I'd agree. I have an obsession with pressure. Ezra Miller. <laughs> Everyone's coming out of this film. God, I love Eddie Redmayne. I've already seen people yeah. post on Facebook, I'm in love with Eddie Redmayne. And Marina comes out, I'm in love with the weird guy. <laughs> so, Ezra well, Miller, who <laughs> was a he, serial killer in the first film. And right. we need to talk about Kevin. And then... You're doing a spoiler for a film we're not even talking about. Yes. Um, on that note, I would say you've just met your favourite character. Who's your annoying character this week? Um, I, most of them. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's a really hard film to judge on that. Like, they're all... I think just the woman that helped Eddie Renmain. Oh, really? I just thought, like... Well, she's going to be in it a lot. I know, she's I know. She's a major character. I like, liked her. And I her thought sister. she was fine. But I just think... She was bland. I like, not that she annoyed me, but I just thought she was bland, and I just yeah. thought um, she was too trying to be too right. But yet, inside the whole minister thing, she was a little rebel that tried to get places, and then you know what you know what I mean. It's just too many characters with too many objectives, and yeah. they're trying to show everyone getting there or not getting there. So setting and up the characters again, yeah, as you said, yeah. setting it up for the And franchise. I just thought that she she could have. But if she's going to be there a lot, I think she needed to be a bit more of a stronger character. And I'd bet that in the book she probably is. But that's not saying there isn't a book. There is a book no, now based now, on the film. No, now, but that's what I mean. Right. It, oh, is the book based on the film? It will be, yeah. Like I, I the think book some, is out already, way before this film is. Yeah, but I mean, when you see, like, that's one thing I noticed straight away. At the end, it says written by J.K. Rowling. It doesn't say based on the book or adapted from the book by J.K. Rowling. She wrote the script. So, right. and therefore, okay. she will... Okay, I need to talk to her then. <laughs> well, I was it because all the previous ones, certainly most of the Harry Potters, were adapted by Steve Close, who is yeah. a producer on this. And it's funny to see, like, the credits fly up, produced by J.K. Rowling, PGA. Produced by Steve Close, PGA, which is Producers Guild of America, which is appearing now on all these, because there was never anything like that before. Yeah. Which is films. But it's just so funny to see people who are writers yeah. are now producers. And producer can be anyone. And they have this letters after name. But my point is, if if there is a book now, it's a book that will be written after the film. She wrote the script first. That's my impression. Okay, right. Absolutely. Do you have a score? Oh, you're asking me? <laughs> well, now that you just suddenly have that, we have to be consistent. Okay. So that I like it. Okay, well, I will give it three stars. But maybe two and a half. You see, it's, I think three might be too generous. No, I think uh, no, I think it's because yeah. I think it's good. It's entertaining. Give three, yeah, because um, <laughs> <laughs> give three. Thanks very much. Because I, did, I, to be honest, I know we like we literally destroyed the film. We said yeah. we liked it. And well, we it's that, that's why I'm saying damning it with fame yeah. praise. So I want to give it a decent rating because it is a good film. It it's is. Entertaining. It's, it's it, just we expected yeah. so much more. Yeah, exactly. Our we're disappointed, but yeah, we liked the we're film anyway. Very fussy, aren't we? I know. Every review I know, we're yeah. coming back with. I expected so much more. But I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like it as well. I will give the score six out of ten okay. because it was entertaining. But as well, I expected more. So we okay. will leave it at that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Marina Gorski. And I've been Mick Jordan. And a special birthday woohoo for Jeanette Muscat. Woohoo! Uh, traditionally, we say happy birthday woo, in woo, this country. Woo, 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 woo. But whatever woo. works for you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jeanette. <laughs> woo-hoo, woo-hoo. <laughs> She's our greatest supporter. She's freaked out now. She'll never listen <laughs> to us again. <laughs>